1: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at scott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor
2: Scott Show. Great to be with you today. We're together each and every day from 3 to 5, talking about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. The election, the California primary, is next tuesday already march 5th it is next tuesday california is in trouble we are in trouble and so we need to vote and uh, march 5th is the last day you should already have your ballot in your hand you should have already voted how many of you have already voted voted put or voted how many of you have already voted put up your hand hopefully a lot of you have done it you never know it's it might rain you might get in a car accident you might be out of gas you might be sick and uh, you know, I got problems with the mail-in ballots. I think they're uh, they're really terrible. In fact, I got a video idea how I'm going to I could commit I could commit voter fraud so easily and untraceable. If you just think about it for a minute, it's not hard. And uh, that's a whole nother issue. But since they're being mailed to you, you fill out your your ballot and you mail it, and make sure you get that in. You know, one of the things that when we think about Christians and voting one of the things to be thinking about is there are some things that are happening that are just evil. And, you know, there are certain things about policy sort of left and right, you know, liberal conservative type of decisions. Uh, There's some that are right, some that are wrong, and we can argue about those things. And that's fine. And you can vote differently on lots of different issues. But there are some things happening that are just evil. And the way we vote has to is a way that we deal with that. Some things that I think are not partisan or they shouldn't be. And I think part of the evil is you try to make them partisan to divide people when really we're probably not all that divided. I actually believe that most of us, if we got together and we talked about what ought to be done in schools, what ought to be done at the border, what ought to be done when it comes to homelessness, what ought to be done when it comes to name your issue, guns or budget or whatever, I'll bet that we could find, most regular people would find that they completely agree. And I mean, people across the uh, whatever spectrum you look at, whether it be conservative, liberal or racial uh, identities, or I think that most of us feel like schools ought to be focused a lot more on math and science and reading and, and those kinds of educational things. Although I, I realize that some of us don't. Some of us think that the schools, that the purpose of the schools are to teach what they think values ought to be. I don't think most of you think that. I think that most of you think that that should come from parents and that schools should be the ones who are teaching the things that parents uh, wouldn't be the best at teaching and really providing that kind of education. All that is to say is that some things that are going on in our country today and with kids in particular are just downright evil. Beverly Hills uh, School has kids that are using artificial intelligence. You know what artificial intelligence is?
3: AI is kind of a fancy thing. First of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence.
2: Artificial intelligence, it's a fancy thing. It's two letters, AI, artificial intelligence. And it's taking over, by the way. It is... It is something that is going to be used. In fact, if you were just listening in the last segment, we were talking about names and what names mean, and people call up and they'd talk about it, and I could Google it. I was using artificial intelligence to find that information that fast. I was using it. It's a great tool if it's used properly, but it can also be used to do great, great evil, and kids are doing this now uh, And at Beverly Hills, a uh, school in Beverly Hills. Kids are using it to create fake pornography of their friends you can you can use ai to take the a face of somebody who's for real and put it on a naked body of somebody else or even a just fake one that it's able to conjure up and kids are being bullied from this. This is uh, from KCAL News.
4: This is a nightmare situation for the parents to hear this news, and then also, you can only imagine how violating it is for those students that are depicted in these images. And the problem here is the disgusting reality is that we're seeing this more and more in schools across the country. Now, I did speak to the district superintendent here who wants to see action taken because there really is no laws to protect students in these types of situations when it comes to this AI content.
2: We'll hear from him in just a second. But here is the point here is that your school boards and the people that you elect to state offices, you know, usually when we're talking about election, you might be thinking, okay, Donald Trump or Joe Biden, but you know what? Forget about those guys for this election here on March fifth. You can think about them in November. But for now, Uh, You know, you're going to vote. Actually, half of you aren't going to vote for either one of those people, more than half of Californians, because you can't. Because if you're an independent, and I think it's 49 percent of Californians now are registered independents, you do not get to vote for the president. Um, The rest of the things on your ballot might actually mean more to your day to day life and to your kids. The Washington stuff, it certainly matters, not saying that at all, but we've got to focus on what's happening locally and in our schools because tremendous evil is happening to our kids. This is a a tremendous, tremendous evil. It is a terrible thing that this is being done. Uh, with AI. Here is the Beverly Hills School District uh, Superintendent.
1: It's really clear that um, we have to do something beyond the local level. So we have to begin become advocates. School districts aren't known for uh, having to advocate and to work with our congressmen to, to just get the laws to change. But the, the safety laws are clearly being outpaced by
2: the technology that we have. So let me ask you something. This is this happened, by the way, at Beverly Vista Middle School, okay, middle school here in Los Angeles. Uh, young kids, what's that? Seventh and eighth grade, at least maybe sixth grade at that school. And they're using this to create pornography with their friends. It's fake. But imagine your daughter has some picture of her going around and people think it's for real. And uh, all the kids are passing this around. What does that do to her? What does that do to the boys who are doing that? What does it do to the people who are viewing that? You know, one of the problems with pornography in general is that it is dehumanizing in general. The evil today is that people try to say it's somehow empowering. Uh, It's empowering only to the, the sense that some people will briefly make a bunch of money on it. And if you want to call that empowering, I guess you can do that. But you, you find so much crime and drug use and other things and that and humiliations uh, that are terrible. It's not empowering at all. It's dehumanizing. And it's something that is destroying not just the people who are performing in it, but also the viewers. And it is, in fact, the word pornography, pornea, comes from that word. It's basically sin of the eyes. It's actually a bigger sin for the person who's looking at it than the person who's doing it. Does that make sense to you? that's And it's because it destroys. it. The studies all show that it destroys the the way your brain functions. And for little kids especially, it destroys them. And we've got issues where you've got full-blown pornography in the school libraries, grade school. You've got the sexualization of kids coming from all these far-left agendas. And now you have children who are creating their own pornography with their friend's picture on it, and it looks real. And it's a form of bullying that I think that no one's ever thought about, and it is real. This is evil, and don't misunderstand. This is on your ballot. This is on your ballot next week. In some places, especially here in L.A., you've got school board races. You've got a few of them in Sandy in uh, California. You'll have a bunch of them come next fall. You've got a whole. You've got the entire state assembly and state senate on your ballot wherever you live, what do they support? This superintendent is talking about how we need laws, that we need laws to address these things. We don't have laws yet. And my question is, do we have leadership, political leadership that is going to actually pursue laws against this kind of thing, or is it somehow going to be twisted into some kind of freedom of expression? See, Because that's what's happening, and it's happening because when you call something right or wrong from a moral standpoint, and this is the philosophy that is behind so much of what's going on today, you create a problem for that entire philosophy, because the philosophy that is going on is meant to tear down the idea of where morality comes from. Let me ask you, why is it wrong to have child pornography? Why is that wrong? why is child trafficking, human trafficking wrong? Why? I would say that everybody here thinks it's wrong. Hopefully you believe that this is wrong, that you think it's morally wrong, that you don't even need to be a Christian or a religious person to find something terrible about it. And yet it seems like there is a, it not just seems like there is, there is a movement that is pushing this stuff forward. We should not be surprised at all that this is happening in our schools the Here's a little bit more of the explanation of what's happening. The
4: school district notified the community that some of the students had been making deep fake adult content of their classmates. The images have superimposed faces of middle schoolers on AI-generated naked bodies. We do know the victims are a group of students. We do not know how many students were involved in creating those images. We spoke with a mom here at Beverly Vista Middle School who told us it's her understanding the faces of many of the girls here were used to create the deep fake inappropriate content. I think it made everybody alarmed and alerted to the fact that this could happen to them. This is a form of bullying and bullying should be reprimanded.
2: See, I think it's much worse than bullying and it's a much bigger problem than just a reprimand. I think that it is a moral crisis that it goes to the core of the problems that we have been dealing with in education and in just general philosophy of our times, the godless philosophy that is here. And it is so abusive to kids absolutely horrifically abusive. I can't even imagine if this were my kids. And I've got kids who are, one's a freshman and the other one is sixth grade. This is in their realm. Christy and I were talking about another thing yesterday, but just about sixth graders and the different things that they know about, that they talk about, the things that they say today that we didn't actually know much about, or if we did, we wouldn't say it. A whole different world. The world is different. And something that everybody has to understand is this is not something that is limited because some kids figured out how to do this at one middle school in Los Angeles. If you go out into the news, you find that this is happening right now nationwide. This is from New Jersey.
3: Deepfake porn crushing high school girls in Westfield, New Jersey. They say a classmate, a male classmate, accused of using AI to generate fake nudes of them.
5: Yeah, that's right. Parents are outraged, especially as the student accused of making the deepfakes is apparently back in school after what they say is a temporary suspension.
2: It's everywhere. Do not think that this is not something that is going on or potentially going on or will soon be going on in the school where your kids or grandkids go. Do not think it's somebody else's school. It's some other place. It's just some random thing. It's happening everywhere. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Your vote on things makes a difference. And I urge you as you go to vote to be an educated voter, to go look up the websites of every single person who is running for school board and stuff and ask yourself what's more important because you might find people who are, maybe they support something that you like, but they don't support something else. And there's some other person who likes that other thing, but they like, sometimes you got to kind of wield through that. But I'll tell you what, generally speaking, you don't generally speaking, you have people who are following a particular, uh, I'll call it a leftist agenda, but it's much bigger than that. It is it is, what is behind the, the critical theory movement that has changed what lots of things are, like social justice and other stuff. There's a book. I highly recommend this book. It's called Cynical Theories. It's by Hel- Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay. And this book is not written by Christian people or religious people, by the way. There are good – there's really good stuff written by Christians too on the subject. But this one is from people who are in in education themselves. These people are are fairly liberal, I would say. Um, Well, they would say. Actually, that's how they describe themselves. But they don't call themselves leftists. And this is what they say, that throughout school – Throughout the school system, throughout education, and they go through all the different kinds of, of different critical theories of different things. They say this, they have formed the school, the, the education system from kindergarten, and they're trying to do preschool all the way through college, has created what are basically new social justice texts. And they don't mean like a biblical justice or what sometimes people will refer correctly, I think, to what social justice ought to be. But it's a new gospel of social justice, and this is, I'm quoting from their book, that expresses with absolute certainty these things, that all white people are racist, that all men are sexist. All men. Racism and sexism are systems that can exist and oppress absent even a single person with racist or sexist intentions or beliefs, that sex is not biological and exists on a spectrum. Language can be a literal voice. Uh, a liter- can be literal violence, denial of gender identity is killing people, and the wish to remedy disability and obesity is hateful. We haven't really talked about that much on the show, but did you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but the idea that you should help people have sight, or the idea that you should help people lose weight, that that is hateful, just the idea of it. Did you know that? That Uh, There's a guy named Mr. Beast who's uh, one of these sort of wealthy YouTube guys, and he goes to other countries and helps children and even adults uh, have medicine or have medical procedures that restore sight or restores their hearing, and he's being called a bigot for doing that because who are you to say that somebody is somehow less human because they can't hear or because they can't see, which is not what he's saying at all, but he's going against this philosophy, see? And everything needs to be decolonized. You hear about that, all these people marching about the Israel stuff. It has more to do with this and education than anything that's actually happening in Israel. And it's called the the reification. It's reification is the idea that you take something that is opinion or clearly not true, but you treat it as if it's absolute fact and that anybody who denies it is somehow a hater. This is happening K through eight, this is happening in high school. This is happening in the colleges. This is the philosophy that is deep down into so much stuff today. And your voting is either empowering or not empowering these people who believe this. And see, and if you kind of wonder, you know, it, it – it, these things, you don't talk about things that are real injustices. Racism is a real injustice. There is white supremacy. There is all kinds of things. But then it puts it in a context that you can't justify. All men are sexist. All men, everybody and everything is racist or sexist. Everybody and everything. The freeways are racist. The books are racist. Learning is racist. Merit is racist. Everything is, you, know, you can just find all that stuff. And if you don't agree with that, If you don't agree with those modern things you're a bad person this is on your ballot this philosophy is on the ballot if you think people ought to be more healthy and they ought to eat more healthy and that it would be better to lose weight if you are obese you are a hater that's what this philosophy is teaching and we're talking about health wouldn't it be better if we were more fit if we ate more healthy that's what we used to believe not anymore 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 888-528-2557 Art and Mission Viejo. Welcome to the Pastor Scott show.
5: Pastor Scott, yeah, thank you. Uh what a great uh what a great topic and uh thanks for bringing this and sharing this with the listening audience. Because uh, I think you touched on a couple of things and number one I think that it all begins at the home. Yeah. What what is in the home or what ultimately is taught or not taught at the home, and what goes out into schools, goes out to societies, what goes out into companies, into states, into countries in the world, is that um, with the lack of education or, uh, you know, as a parent myself, uh, not educating the kids, not discussing things, and not bringing forth the question why, Why does this, uh, why is this a problem? Mm -hmm. Because if none of that takes place, um, it reminds me, uh, and you're very well familiar with this verse as well, then you'll have a generation that they do not know, they don't know any moral standard. That's right. Why did that happen? Because there was a lack of, there's like, oh, the school will do that for me. The The church will do that for me. The friends will do that for me. Well, wait a minute. You are responsible, yes, for yourself, but at the same time as as an adult or kids or whatnot, whatever happens in the home is going out to the street. So um, and and I think it involves all kinds of things from voting to uh, what they're looking at, uh, what they should or should not be looking at. And then the question I think then goes to why I don't think it should be a one way direction to the kid. Don't do that. Stop. Yeah, because I said so. There needs to be that interaction and there has to be a discussion as far as why do we say or why do we do what we do? And I think the lack of education or, like I said before, um, when you have a generation that does not know right from wrong or tries to erase it, you're actually inviting problems into your home, into society, neighborhood, city, states, county, you name it. Then these people grow up and they go into positions of power with that ideology that you just mentioned that, you know what? This is really how it is. So that lie is being promulgated across the board in all kinds of levels, from, from government to education to systems to uh, workplaces, you name it. But what has happened to lead up to that, and I believe a big part of that is it's Well, we know that a, a country that turns its back on on God, there's only one other option. There's only two choices. There's no middle ground. And so I believe that a lot of that, you see that going out into the street now. And as a parent myself, uh, I try in as much as possible, best educate my kids <clears throat> in keeping them from things. Um, I don't shelter them, but at the same time, we have those discussions as why is this not good? Because yeah. it will go into this. So um, you bring up you know some very good things as far as getting some leaders that are uh, understanding of that and want to bring that. But then again, like you said... There are people that really believe and have been educated and brought up in a system that says everything is racist. This whole thing needs to be tore down and it needs to be burned to the ground because we need to bring what we know is best for the uh, for the country, yeah. for the
2: government, for the world. And what happens is when you don't explain why and you're not giving a why and you don't understand why, why somebody will replace the why with some other kind of why, and Correct. and that is the key to dealing with. All of these things is why are things the way they are? And if you get it wrong, you're going to make mistake. If you get it right, you're going to live a better life, and the society will be better art. Appreciate your call, and you're right. We'll talk about this more and take your calls, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is The Pastor Scott Show. We'll be
1: back as the Tuesday edition continues. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. I talked to the
6: head of all the border guards down there, the, the head of the union. I asked him straight up, kids are coming over the border with numbers written on them, phone numbers and addresses. Do we check those out? He said, well, we call them. Is it possible that we're sending them into known prostitution rings or sweatshops? He said it's not possible, it is absolute. We are using American tax dollars to ship children into known prostitution All and sweatshops. Children or some children. Well, who knows? Okay.
2: We don't know. I said, are you That is Dr. Phil who was on the view uh, yesterday talking about Uh, Lots of different issues. But one of them is that is that and we've talked about this before. We know this was happening at a gathering right in Pomona and other places where children who come across the border are trafficked. And he's talking about and by trafficked, I mean the worst kind, right? I mean, uh, human trafficking, they are being brought up here, essentially sold into that life of slavery. That's why they're here. They've got the phone number and we are participating in that. We were talking before the break about the whys, about the idea that why is this happening? It's not just that it's happening or how it's happening or how much, you wanna know those details, but why? Why do we have a problem with uh, artificial intelligence porn happening in our schools like it happened right here in L.A.? And it's happening probably just hasn't been caught yet at many, many, many middle schools, uh, if not all of them, frankly, across the country. Because, you know, part of the why is that you've got kids with uh, the devices and the cell phones and the computers and the technology that's often beyond their parents, like beyond where, where we're at today. But there's a deeper why. There is a much deeper why. Why as a culture do we put up with that? Or why as a culture are we unable to stop that from happening? Why does that continue to get worse? These are some of the questions that need to be asked of our leaders and that need to be right at the top of mind for us as we come to vote right now or through next uh, Tuesday or wherever. Why and it isn't just one person, right? It is just, why? Well, Joe Biden and the border. Well, okay, those policies have to get fixed and stuff. But there's a deeper why to that. Why are our schools struggling in so many areas? It, it There's a why. Why are our churches often struggling in areas of mission? It can be your business. It can be other stuff. As our last caller, Art, talked about, the why matters. And then when we talk to our kids about things, there are times as a parent you just got to say, because I told you so, because they're too young to understand the why. As children of God, God can't tell us all the whys because we won't get it. We're just too young spiritually. But there does come a time when they do know, you know, what is the reason? What is the biblical reason why sex should be reserved to, the act of sex should be reserved to a married couple, man and a woman? Why? Were you ever taught why? Like, what's the why? Is it just a religious rule? Is it because God doesn't understand what that is, or he's a meanie, or it's, you know, why? There is a why right in the Bible. Very, very clear why. And I'll get to that here in a little bit. I want to get to your calls. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Ted, City of Angels, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, thank you for your service once again. Um, I just, you know, I'd like to quote
3: David. David and Culver City keeps saying the world's not getting any worse, but if your daughter was in the Beverly Hills school system and that happened to her, it'd be, it'd be horrifying. And, and when kids' minds are developing, it's, it's it's something that they may commit suicide. We've had them do that in the past.
2: Well, you know, and, suicides uh, are getting worse. And one of the things is, you know, there's, a, there's definitely a good question about, are we worse or are we just learning about more things because of technology? Right? There, there's a lot, there's some to that. But, you know, we are the happiest generation, We have the most stuff, the most comfort, the most wealth, and yet we have suicide rates and depression rates among kids that are growing tremendously. And if you want to fix that, you have to ask why, and you have to ask, and you have to come to the correct conclusion, the actual reality correct conclusion. And if you don't, if you supply a wrong reason why, which is a lot of what we're doing, it's just going to get worse like it's happening. Right. Yeah.
1: Can I have one more question? Real quick. Um, You know, I mean, you know,
3: they're accusing people of colonizing and the colonialist. uh, So the new wave of people that have come to America, are they not people that are receiving stolen property? And are they just not as guilty because apparently they feel that we've taken the land and now they're buying stolen property from us. Shouldn't they be turning the keys of their houses over back to the American Indians or are they just hypocrites?
2: Well, there are people who would say philosophically, yes, but when you ask people specifically, in fact, there are plenty of people who think that's what we should do. Uh, You know, there's a whole article about how the freeways are racist and we should tear them down. Like we shouldn't have freeways at all. Uh, And the the rationale is that in some cities, Well, probably in all cities, the freeways, when they were made in the 50s, they plowed through usually poorer communities, which tended to be usually black communities uh, or other ethnic minority communities. Now, it's also true in poor white neighborhoods in places where everybody's white. Right. So it's really an economic issue. But Mm -hmm. the the problem is, is that when you look at that today, you say, well, who would it hurt if we took them down? Now people can't get to work. They can't commute. They can't do so many different things like it doesn't make any sense. Um, But the problem is, is we're going down a road where we are trying to find problems with things and we we name them different things. But the solutions don't make any sense, even if you dig into something and you go, this shouldn't have happened. You know, they should have put the uh, the 10 freeway should have plowed right through uh, Beverly Hills because it would be nicer to go from the 101 over to the 405 that way than have to plow all the way down to the 110 or the 10. You know what I'm saying? Uh, You could say that. Um, financially, that wouldn't have made any sense. But the thing is, you can't tear everything down and go do that. That's what some people say. Uh, but the the truth is, and you're right, is people are ultimately hypocrites because they're not going to give up what they want, right? Is Some people will say, uh, you know, if I have more than somebody else because they've been oppressed for various reasons, then they should be able to just go in and steal, right? So some of the rationale for uh, these smash-and-grab robberies is – you know, or the idea that you can steal up to $950 those, and we're not going to prosecute is because there's been so much oppression in the system and other stuff that it's kind of okay. We understand why people are doing it. The problem is, is that the people who say that lock their doors at night, but people who say that wouldn't let you come into their house, right? That they're, they're, it's, it becomes something that we say, but we don't really mean it's kind of like the sanctuary city thing. That's a crisis everywhere. You, out of compassion, you say, come to our city and we will not prosecute. You will not turn you over to ICE. We will not turn over. We're a sanctuary city. You can come here illegally and be safe. But now that that's happening, these same cities can't handle it. They don't have the services. They didn't prepare for it. They don't really mean it. And it's a phony baloney compassion, see? And what when you get into the world as it is, when you ask the question why, you – have to cut through everything that is just theory. You have to cut through everything that is just a political agenda, whatever that agenda is, to find out, well, why really are are people treated the way they're treated? Why have they been treated that way in the past? What has worked to help make that better? What can we do going forward? And what is, what is true? If it's not true, it just gets worse. So that's why with more money and education, you get less education. There's a why behind that right? It's because the money is going to the bureaucracy and not in the classroom. It's not going to the teacher, mostly. It's not going to any sort of freedom to develop better curriculums like charter schools can do or private schools to some degree or homeschooling. There's there's ways to have really good education. We know that there are ways. We know there are ways in the public schools. they got charter schools that are doing great. Why don't you... Uh, apply those things to the classroom everywhere else. The why has to do with unions. It has to do with who's making money. Why can't we fix the homeless problem? You know, with billions and billions of dollars, how come we're not getting people off the street? Why is it worse? Why did over 2,000 homeless people die in Los Angeles just last year? 600 or 700 died in San Diego on the street, homeless people, just last year. It's happening to multiple people every day. And if we're spending billions and billions of dollars, billions with a B, I mean, people can't even, and I appreciate your call, Ted. Thanks for calling. People can't even, you know, process billions, really. It is so much money. Why is it not working? The why begins with because we keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That's number one. That's insanity. The second why is because somebody's making money. I'd like That's what I'd like to know. I'd like a list and a printout of detailed who has actually kept the billions of tax dollars that we've spent on homelessness. Who? Like what people? What companies? Where is that money gone? Who's getting it? In education, where's that money going in California? That's twice as much per student as any other state, just about. Who's getting it? It's not going to teachers, it doesn't seem to be in the classrooms. We got we got teachers we have to buy buy pencils and buy you know stuff that ought to be provided. And it's not. Why? With all that money. That's not a money problem. The money's there. Where's it going? I would like that to be very granular. I'd like to find out where is that money going? Billions of dollars is so much money. It's so much more than millions of dollars. Maybe you can get your head around millions of dollars, but many people can't. But billions of dollars is so much money. And then we're talking about trillions of dollars with the national debt. You know why the national debt's going crazy? Because we can't even process it in our brains. It's so much money. What is it? Forty-four or forty-eight million dollars a day since the birth of Christ still doesn't pay the national debt. Think about that. That's crazy. My friends in life, whys matter. The why something is the way it is, and it has to be truthful. It can't just be sitting around thinking about it. There's got to be data. There has to be research. You have to challenge that data. You have to question that data. We used to call that science. Uh, science is good when you're doing science. Scientists sometimes fake the data because they want the grant money. There's a great why in that there are so many questions that we should be asking and i'm telling you you begin that on your 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 ballot with the people you vote for and then you ask them why when they're in office you ask them why and right now we just want to blame the other side that's not a why there is a why can somebody get me that that's what i want i want a i want a granular list of who's making the billions and billions of dollars that have gone to homeless people because that problem is not getting better where's the money going who is getting rich? This is Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.
1: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at scott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show so you say you're not the
3: only voice in your kids' ears, so you have to be the best voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Explain that.
6: Well, think about it. In like 08, 09, smartphones came on and, and kids started, they stopped living their lives and started watching people live their lives. Mm. And so we saw the biggest spike and the highest levels of depression, anxiety, loneliness, and suicidality since records have ever been kept and it's just continued on and on and on. And then COVID hits 10 years later, and the same agencies that knew that are the agencies that shut down the schools for two
2: years. That was Dr. Phil on uh, The View talking about uh, what's going on with kids. And, um, you know, we were talking about what the why is for things. Why are things Uh, getting worse, why are kids so depressed? Well, when you dig into it, you find the isolation is increased. You find that the cell phones and the social media has increased. Technology is, there's a lot when you dig into the whys, but there are deeper whys. You know, why is it that those things are more important to us than other stuff? If you wanna begin to solve this, uh, you have to get into the why. I mentioned before, I wanna pay this off and I'll get to your calls here in just a second you know, even in in church, uh, we were talking about parents will often say to kids, you know, don't do that. Why? Because I said so, which is plenty good enough answer, right? There's a why, obey your parents, because your parents know better, because your parents have been there. There might be things that your parent, and I'm a dad, I get it. You have to explain that that they're not going to understand the why, but eventually they're going to understand the why. And, you know, why is it that a Christian would teach that, Uh, Sex, for example, should be restrained to just marriage, a man and a woman who are married. There's a lot of whys when you study that out there. Like, why? Because it just seems like a bummer, right? And it seems ridiculous so often. Uh, But there's a lot of whys when you study outside of even the Scripture. Go to... uh, you know, world health organization and uh, it'll say the most effective means to avoid becoming infected or transmitting sexually transmitted diseases or infection is to abstain from sexual intercourse or to only do that with long-term mutual monogamous a long-term mutual monogamous relationship with an uninfected partner so they found a reason why that's better uh, a 2007 Health and Human Services study from the United States government said that schools are teaching inaccurate and unscientific material uh, when it comes to sex ed. Did you know that? In 2007, the government – this is before we are even talking about some of the stuff we're talking about now. It was already bad, and, and it's, but it's the same thing. It's because it was teaching as safe sexual activity, things that are actually not safe at all, just things that are safer if you take these precautions. Because some sexual behavior is actually never safe, sometimes physically, but other times emotionally. And to not teach the dangers emotionally or physically or, or physiologically, however you want to put it, to not teach that, that study said you're not really teaching sex ed. It's just pornography, and that's what it's developed into now. But when you get in the Bible, you know, why do we reserve that just for marriage? It seems old-fashioned. It seems kind of lame. You know, there's a whole book in the Bible about love, sex, and dating. It's called An Attraction. It's called Song of Solomon. And in that book, it describes a couple who are in love, who are physically attractive, who want sexual gratification, and they want it with each other, but they hold off. It keeps saying, stop, don't awaken love until it's time. It teaches that over and over again. You get to chapter three and it gives you the reason. It says, keep the foxes out of the vineyard. All right, because the the blooms are still growing. And it talks about relationship and it talks about why you wait. And the reason why you wait is because you want the relationship on a deeper level to develop. And once sex gets in the picture, often the relationship no longer emotionally develops. It becomes about that. And then you get married because of that, and that might be good for a while, but often that becomes something that's no longer good or no longer often, or you can't, you're too tired, there's physiological reasons, there's kids, there's jobs, there's stress, all that stuff. And if you're not close, if you don't have a relationship outside of that fun activity, you don't have a good relationship anymore, and the other thing doesn't matter that much, and you'll go seek it somewhere else. And then you get affairs and you get all this stuff. There's a lot of whys in the Bible. You keep the foxes out of the vineyard. That's the idea. You wait for the relationship to to grow, to for the fruit, the idea of the foxes, they come in the vineyard and and grab the grapes before they were developed. And if they grab the grapes out of your vineyard before they're developed, then you don't get the wine that you would have otherwise liked or the whatever you're going to do with those grapes. They're just useless. And it's it you don't get the best ones. You've got to keep them out. And that's the reason. It's discipline. It's hard. It may not be what you want to do, but it is a discipline. And when you do it right, then that book, after telling you over and over again, don't arouse or awaken love until it so desires, until it's time. It's a poem, okay? A lot of teaching here. Then in chapter four, they have a honeymoon. It's very graphic. If you read that, it means everything you think it means. And then it says, awake. And the whole idea is that when you they get married and then you have a honeymoon, and then you have – they actually poetically have intercourse. It's clearly what that's about. Some people try to say, oh, it's just some you know, allegory of Jesus in the church. There is an allegory of Jesus in the church and all that, but that's not what it is. It's clearly what it is. You can't read it and deny that unless you're you're deliberately trying to do that. But it's in the context of marriage. How often have we taught our kids that? How often have we taught how that can be such a wonderful – healthy, positive thing. And instead, usually it's just, don't do it because God says don't. Well, that's that's not as convincing as it ought to be. That's about as convincing as a parent saying, don't do it because I said so. It doesn't really work for that long. Uh, anyway, I wanted to pay that off. But see, that's the why. If you want your kids to do better in that area, you got to teach them the biblical why, not just the command. Why? Why should this be done that way? And there are a whole lot of other whys that are pretty clear. alright two eight two five five seven. right, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Craig in Hollywood, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to play off the uh, call. What previous caller talked about freeways and uh, being racist or whatever. But there's a great book called Gridlock. It was out several years ago. It was done by a road Scholar. Uh, he takes you from the development of the American uh, highway, highway system, and um, interesting, at that time, the guy who, who came up with one of the world's fairs was, had envisioned that it would all be automated. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you a wire road, directing where you're gonna go. But in that book, he, he, he discovered that actually, people became, lower income people became middle income people, and middle income people move up to higher income people because of gridlock. And as the freeways jam up, uh, travel time increases, uh, cities expand outward, Businesses are built, people move out into the suburbs, they buy homes at low cost because it's far away or whatever, but they do have to travel. And that actually creates wealth in, uh, in the uh, lower economic uh, uh, areas and also brings people up to be wealthier, uh, especially when he compared that with uh, public mass transportation. It did the exact opposite. It made people's families poorer who lived around mass transportation.
2: Why does uh, mass transportation make families poorer? Do you think
3: uh, mainly because most of the people who are in that area are renting and they're not taking advantage of home ownership. I see. And so as they move out to farther away from the thing, because of gridlock that actually stimulates home ownership, you know, they're are cheaper the farther away you
2: go. All right. That book is called uh, gridlock. I will, uh, I will check gridlock. that out. Craig. Gotta read it. Yeah, yeah, great book. Th- thanks for writing. You know, there's so many things that are a different perspective on why, you know, things happen. Uh, Some of the times there 's a why that 's in politics right whenever whenever uh, President Eisenhower became president uh part of the reason for interstate highways is that uh first of all the the automobile is being mass manufactured now and obviously something that people are going to get and uh it it was a great way to expand the economy so people could drive coast to coast, that you could get places faster. And what he's saying is right, is that it allowed communities to develop. There are some downsides to that, right? There are communities that got skipped over and, and became ghost towns because the road didn't go through where they were. A funny story politically and it is that, you know, uh, Roosevelt, FDR had the New Deal, and then Harry Truman had the Square Deal is what he called his program. And Harry Truman, in criticizing Eisenhower said that with Eisenhower, you're going to get the used car deal because he put uh, car manufacturers in his cabinet, uh, people who knew that. You know, the, the point of all of this um, is really just to say this, there is a why things are happening, and it's philosophical. It is the whys behind things. Not everybody even knows why they believe the things that they believe. It's always good to question that. You know, when you look at your church and you look at your ministry of your church, why is your church there? Why is your church in that neighborhood? I can tell you why it was there to begin with. For sure, the reason your church got planted in that neighborhood was to bring the gospel to people who moved into that neighborhood. That's the reason why. Uh, There was probably a new neighborhood at some point, or maybe there wasn't a church in that neighborhood. There's some reason why, or maybe there was a bunch of churches and and somebody thought they weren't doing their job, but there's a reason why. There's probably some bad reasons here and there for churches. But most of the time, the reason your church got planted one day is because— It was to bring the gospel to the people who lived in that neighborhood. The purpose of the church was for the people who live in that community. Over time, we begin to lose the why. And what happens in churches so often is rather than bring the community, the gospel to the community, the why sort of is, well, now we're a place where people can come if they want the gospel, right? Where it becomes a place for Christians to gather who are in the community, and hopefully people will come and we'll invite our friends, and hopefully they'll come and they'll show up. And then the worst step of it is when the why of your church becomes a place for members to gather, and it becomes like a social club, you know, for people, and you've forgotten the why, you know, the best way to revitalize your church is to go back to the why. Why is this building here? Why is this property here? Is it why? And are we leveraging it for the betterment of the the neighbors who even don't come here, who might never come here? Are we doing that? Um That's something to think about, isn't it? See, you get into the why. When you go back to the why for things, it can also have a positive benefit. Uh, All right, uh, David, I won't give you your call, but he wants to uh, recommend a book, The History of Equality by Thomas, I don't know what that book is, by Thomas Piketty. Earlier, I I mentioned a book called Cynical Theories, and Annie from L.A. is asking uh, the name of that book. It's by Helen Pluckrose, Cynical Theories. And, uh, you know, if you want to know why, you can find out why. Why are the schools the way they are? Why is this being taught? Why are the, you know, what, what is this? What's going on? It didn't just come out of nowhere. It's been going on for a long time. Uh, the Wise Matter. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. We're on every day from 3 to 5. You can follow us on social media at Pastor Scott Show, Instagram, TikTok, X, and Facebook at Pastor Scott Show. And you can now watch us live on Rumble, rumble.com. Just look for the Pastor Scott Show and give us a follow there, and you can watch us live every day and a replay also every day. All right, Pastor Scott Show, we'll see you tomorrow from 3 to 5. Have a good night.